and welcome back to the Women's Soccer Podcast. I am your host, LDG, and today we will be reviewing last night's match between the U.S. Women's National Team and Germany, while also previewing the match that they will be playing on Sunday at Red Bull Arena at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. I will be attending that match, so I hope that the U.S. can bounce back from their loss last night, which is the the first time since 1993 that they've lost three matches in a row. This has been a catastrophic um, fall window for the U.S. After losing their last two matches against England and Spain, they lose against Germany with a 90th minute goal from Germany's Krumbai goal. Uh, the Germans have had much success this year with especially at the Women's Euros. But it's surprising for the U.S. that they lost these games. I think that not a lot of people would have expected them to lose all three of them. They would have expected at least a tie, especially last night. They kind of just threw it away. But I can't wait to dive straight into this episode. And before we get into it, though, I do have a little message. Thank you so much for your support on the Women's Soccer Podcast. We have hit 120 listeners and 80 followers on Instagram, which is just incredible. However, I want us to keep on going. We have such good per- perseverance and such a great fan base at this podcast that I know we can hit heights that we've never seen before. Keep on following and supporting us by listening to our episodes here on Apple Podcast and following us by clicking the top three dots in the top right-hand corner of your screen and follow us on Instagram at the Women's Soccer Podcast. Thank you very much and let's get back into the episode. So my overall reaction to the game once I was watching it was disappointment to be honest after the US, you know, we got back in the game, we got the goal through Megan Rapino, but we just couldn't keep the lead. I knew that getting another goal would be a hard ask, but I thought like, you know, maybe They had the momentum, but nope. Instead, they kind of just threw it away, to be honest, and they lost the game. What can I say? Like, they didn't, they were not the better team in the second half. The Germans out-dominated them. They, sorry, they outplayed them. They dominated them. There was no real light for the U.S. in the second half, except for that one goal. I thought that Um, There was a few players that shined for the U.S., but I think there was also a lot of players that, you know, were had a disappointing performance, to say the least. So um, we have four categories for people that have listened to our U.S. Women's National Team game reviews. You'll know most of them. Players that impressed, players that struggled, changes I'd make, um, players I want to see play more, or players that should have been called up. So the players I want to see play more and changes I make, they're similar. So they'll kind of be in one category. But I just wanted to show the process of how I create these episodes. And then also we'll preview the game for both sides that I will be attending, as I mentioned earlier, on Sunday. You can watch that at 5 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. So... Overall, I thought that there were some bright spots. Some players that really impressed me was the number one person that stood out for me was Casey Murphy. When you look at the box score, it might not seem like she had a good game. But when you watch that game and you watch those highlights without Casey Murphy, this game would have been 5-0. Like 5-1, 5-2. Maybe if the U.S. had gotten another goal. But she saved them. 
every single step of the way, making incredible saves. Deep, she bailed the defense out multiple times after they made bad plays. And without her, the U.S. could have gotten crushed. I love Casey Murphy. Great young goalkeeper. Such a good attitude as well. I love watching how she's progressed throughout her U.S. career. It's been short but so far, but I hope that it continues. I want her to be the goal, num- number one in the future after, you know, Haran is the captain. Maybe even Hasey Murphy could be captain. I don't know. Like, I know Haran wore the armband yesterday, but Murphy seems like a leader. And I love that about her. And yes, I think that Nair and French may have the torch now. But in the future, I could see the three goalkeepers for the U.S. being Fallon, Tolis, Joyce, Katie Lund, but with the number one goalkeeper being Casey Murphy. So, Murphy, great game yesterday. That goal was not her fault. That was an own goal. Neither of the goals were her fault. It was laps in the defenses, bad plays from them. But, you know, the U.S. will bounce back. The defense had a bad game, but overall, very impressed of Casey Murphy. Even people who I was watching the game with, you know, didn't necessarily watch a lot of women's soccer before, um, like the new with the younger team before today or last night. They were very impressed with how she played. Um, Ashley Sanchez, I thought, was a good spark off the bench. May not have thought she done a lot, but I thought that when you sub out Haran who also had a great game. We'll get to her later. Um, you got to come in and be a big player in this game. And Ashley Sanchez was that entirely so skilled on the ball. She only had like 10 minutes to operate. She didn't have much time when she got in. She came in in the 81st. But I thought that the nine minutes that she played, she put a lot of pressure on. Four minutes after she came in, there was a goal. I thought that she was like a big presence for the U.S., um, I thought that she was a, a good player to see um, play in the in the, for the U.S. in that midfield, attacking midfield role. Um, another player that I thought had a great game off the bench was Megan Rapino. I thought that, you know, I was a little bit critical of her in the last two games with the U.S. for against England and Spain, but Megan Rapino is just Megan Rapino. She is the boss of women's soccer. I don't care what people says about, you know, now, yes, she might not be the player with the pace she used to have, but her technical IQ is second to none. No one has nearly as much of a better sense of the game than her. She's 37 years old. I do understand that last year might be her last hurrah at the World Cup, but I would love to see her come to Gotham, her partner Sue Bird obviously bought part of the team, so I would love to see Megan Rapino take like a a good a good last hurrah next year because she deserves it. I hope that she keeps on playing, but Megan Rapino is such a um a, a great player off the field as well. She's uh, someone who really does um a lot of great things off the field, not just on the field, and she's a role model in women's sports so I think that a lot of people have to remember that you know the best players in the world they might not have played forever and I do agree the youth is good but Megan Rapino is a leader Megan Rapino is the boss of this team right now and she is the one that 
next year's World Cup will be dependent on. She is the one that's going to be the playmaker for them, the leader, who comes in off the bench and is the game changer. Megan Rapino is that player, and the younger players will get there. I don't discount that. But at this moment, Megan Rapino is the boss. I don't care what people say. She should stay at, until she wants to stop playing. She should get, she deserves a Carly Lloyd ending because she, like Carly Lloyd, is just so skilled and has such a great soccer IQ. Um, last player who I thought was really impressive, Lindsay Horan. Uh, Horan had a lot of great chances last night. A few of them maybe she could have scored. In the first half, she had a great header that was inches wide. It was a beautiful ball, I believe, from Huerta on the wing. And she beautifully headed it into the ground. Such a close chance. I really wish that could have gone in. And then um, later in the match, she had, in the first half at least, she had a chance where the ball was kind of ping-ponging around the area. And she struck it. It hit off the crossbar. And it went right on the line. That was another bad break. And the third one was right before... The Germans took the ball all the way up the field. It was a beautiful corner kick from Mal Pugh, one of Pugh's best corners of the night. It went right into Haran's path, and Haran did a little bit of an acrobatic, like, swinging kick, um, like a side volley almost. But it was like a bike, bicycle kick. Um, at the same time, it was a very, like, odd shot. She hit the post. The Germans cleared the ball and they counterattacked and eventually got the goal. But again, not Haran's fault on that goal whatsoever. But she had such great chances. She was just a leader on the field with her presence, her mentality. And I was very youth-focused, I gotta say. But the more I watch these older players, the more it tells me that, you know, next World Cup and this next cycle should be a chance for them to, you know, mentor the younger players, teach them the ways of being a U.S. Women's National Team player because the reality is that some of those younger players aren't ready yet. Now we're going to move on to one of my least favorite parts of the episode. I never like this part about players who struggled, but I just think it's important to look at, you know, who didn't have their best game. And I want to say before I go over them, you know, they're obviously incredible players who maybe just didn't have their best game last night. So I just want to say that to clarify to people. And I know that all five of these players that I'll talk about are incredible players who have been game changers for the U.S. in the past. Um, but I think that, you know, last night weren't wasn't their best games. Uh, Mallory Pugh, I thought that she didn't play badly. She was fine. She had the breakaway that the goalie saved. Um... My biggest problem was her set pieces, though. I thought her free kicks weren't great. They were kind of tame. The Germans dealt with them very well, obviously, but I just didn't really see a lot of umph from Mallory Pugh and, uh, like, a spark of energy, which we're so used to seeing from her, and we saw that from Sophia Smith last night, who had a good game, in my opinion, but we didn't see that from Pugh, and um, people could tell that are watching the game, I think that all fans could tell. The, the difference, I think, between Smith and Pugh last night was that Smith was a lot quicker on the ball. It felt Mallory Pugh, when she got those chances, I felt like she kind of messed a few of them up. And I think that on the free kicks, she struggled a little bit with them and getting them into the right areas. Uh, 
island corners. A few of them were just, like, loopy, you know, easy for the defenders. I wish, like, sometimes when Megan takes those corners, for example, she whacks them in really hard. And that's what makes, that's why she scored off a corner, Megan Rapino because she hits it so hard. And it just causes chaos. And that's what I think they were missing. Mount Pugh, not a bad game, but not exactly a great game either. So just wanted to point that out. Um, Sofia Huerta, both goals, if you look back at them, were attacking down Huerta's side. And it just honestly seemed like a lack of focus from her, if I had to be honest. The first goal, she was all the way up, completely out of position. And don't worry, we'll get to the defenders behind her not doing their job. But the defense yesterday overall, pretty bad. I mean, to give up, the Germans really could have scored five, six goals if it hadn't been for Casey Murphy's brilliance in net. Um, But yeah, Sophie Huerta, and especially on the second goal, I was not pleased with her whatsoever. Completely out of position. She was in the midfield. And that's okay if you're up there, but you got to sprint back. And she was jogging. And that, for me, was a sign of, like, you can't be playing in this game if you are going to be jogging back there when Juli Brandt is one of the best players in the world and you are letting her get onto the ball. And, of course, that's another problem with the center back not getting to that, which we'll, we will reference later. Don't you worry, Sofia Huerta. But it was just laziness, to be honest, from the defense. That last goal was just horrific and so avoidable if they had just played a little bit more quicker and with more umph they just seemed pretty tired all evening it just felt a little bit depressing to watch them if i had to get all my feelings out and say this like it just was a depression to be honest i couldn't see any focus any lack of purpose from anything they were doing i liked their passing in the back but On that second goal, I had my hands in my head, and I'm thinking, what is the defense doing? Speaking of that second goal, Alana Cook. Julie Brandt completely bullied her on that. Cook didn't do anything whatsoever when the ball got to her. Julie Brandt just sprinted past her like she was 10 years younger. I'm sorry, that's what it felt like. Holy Brandt completely dominated for the last 10 minutes that she was in. She was one of the best players in the world. We know that. The U.S. clearly, their defense clearly either did not care or did not know because the defense was doing nothing to stop her. Every time she got on the ball, I'm like, oh, God, she's scoring, isn't she? And I'm like, yep, she is. And then... The first thing is Murphy was put in such a tough situation because the defense was slacking. They were not trying. It felt like they weren't trying, to be honest, or they were just out of their game. Alana Cook also, on the first goal I'd like to mention, she got run by, sprinted by, and on the rebound, everyone on the U.S. was frozen. And they let that shot from Bull. Everyone in the U.S. for defense, this seemed like a common theme last night, which is frozen. It almost seemed like they had no clue what they were doing. And that's what it felt like at points. And I'm sorry, it just, that's what it felt like. It felt like the U.S. defense had no chance of winning, like, the game for them. When they were down, they did good. But once the U.S. got that goal back, I was not impressed whatsoever by the defending and that quick, when I watched, I watched that back six, but that goal six times this morning. And every single time I watched it back, I could see a point where it was so unavoidable. Here's an example. When you watch it back, the first goal, right? The first goal that was scored by the U.S. This goal was so 
good from them, right? They stole the ball. That's impressive. I like that. I like that energy. Morgan got it. She was quick. That's what the Germans did to the U.S. defense at the same time, though. In this goal, um, if you look at it very slowly on, like, slow-mo, you can see that the Germans were not waiting for the U.S. to be ready. They asked the ref. Lana Oberthov was incredible had incredible IQ here. The foul, Huerta fouls the player. Oberdov just puts her hand on the ball, passes it up the field, and Jule Brandt is through. Huerta is jogging back. Cook gets bullied there. And let's, if you look at before the free kick's even taken, there's so much space on the wing. Cook does not see it until the pass is made. Cook, if Huerta is up there, Huerta needs to be like, look, Alana, guard her. Because if you're not getting back, then you gotta tell her that. And it's also just bad organization for the defense and also very bad job by Vlatko Endonovsky running this game. It's trending on Twitter, to say the least, the hashtag fire Vlatko. And a few of the tweets are even, you know, um, a little bit harsh, I would say. But, you know, I think you could read them. You can believe Vlatko is unable to be the coach. And if they don't drop him... I think they could, you know, not win this year at the next World Cup. I think the only way that they win is if they drop Vlatko Andonovsky. Because right now, he seems to be incompetent of running a proper organization. And look, at it, this defense is so unlike the U.S. That's what infuriates me the most. And I know I've been rambling on this for a while now. But the defense, it just makes me mad because this U.S. team is so good. All the individual players on this team are incredible. They did not play like a team, though, that defense last night. And I mean, Crumb Bagel, let's move on to Crystal Dunn right now. She had no sense of awareness whatsoever. It looked like you were watching kids soccer. Like, Crystal Dunn, Crumb Bagel was behind her for the whole play, and she didn't even, the second she realized it, she just jogged. She was jogging Crystal Dunn jogging and I know Crystal Dunn that is not something that Crystal Dunn does a lot and that shows me that the way Vlatko Andonovsky plays is not working so in my opinion if you lost three games in a row this is the first time since 1993 that they've done this by the way I am hashtag Vlatko out I'll say it right now hashtag Vlatko out nice guy but it's not working like there's a difference between coaching the NWSL and the US Women's National Team When you're a coach of the U.S., you can't just implement your own tactics. You play to the strengths of the players. You don't play your way. You can do that in the NWSL. You can leave the the NWSL, but you have to agree. If you're the coach of the U.S. Women's National Team and you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, you got to play to the strengths of the team. I'm sorry, but that's just how it works. You need to be playing to the strengths of the team not to your strengths but to the strengths of the team and this is something that has been frustrating me all year long with this u.s team they've looked uncoordinated and they've looked so unlike themselves the offsides calls yesterday yes some of them were not offsides i acknowledge that but what about the olympics last year in major tournaments the u.s has choked with flacco and it's not on the players whatsoever it's on him because the reality is is the players just need better a better chance to be like themselves they should be able to play like themselves and right now Vlatko is not enabling them to do that so 
Now I'm going to move on. I'm sorry for my little rant here, but I think every single U.S. Women's National Team fan, the hundreds of thousands of people ranting about that on on social media platforms, journalists, would agree with me in that we like Flacco. I think when we, we hired him, I was like, oh, he might be good, but it's just not working. And this is the thing. It's not a personal thing. I think people mix that stuff up. It is a, this is the U.S. Women's National Team, the biggest powerhouse in women's sports. We do not lose. And when we lose three games in a row, that is a sign to me of that something's not working. So I think that also he could maybe rotate the team a little bit more. A few, there's four players that I think that should be playing more. Ashley Sanchez had a good game last night. Start her. Trittany Rodman made a few bad passes, but I thought it was good energy. Ashley Hatch. Good player. Has not gotten any chances out of the U.S. recently. She's been great in the last two years of the NWSL. Not got enough chances. Um, Alyssa Thompson, the future of this U.S. team. Not ready for the U.S. yet. I do agree with that. But at this point, you might want to get her ready. Because right now, I think that they need someone like Alyssa Thompson to step up. They need a younger player to step up and fill the role. Because the reality is, is the older players that are injured... They might not be as good as they used to be when they come back from a long-term injury like an ACL. That's just my thing. So, lastly, before we move on to previewing the game for this weekend, I want to go over some players that I think that Flacco should give a chance to call up. I have seven of them on my list, but you could go on and on. I'm going to start with the goalkeeper. I think Fallon Tullis-Joyce deserves a call-up. Um, along with Katie Lund. Those two goalies have been great. I mentioned this earlier as who I see as the, the trio for the U.S. down the line, but I think that Valentine's Choice and Katie Lund, they deserve a call-up. They're good enough to do it. I think that I love Nair, but she hasn't really performed in the NWSL. French has, so if you perform in the NWSL, you can keep your spot, but I think that the Nair spot could maybe be given up to either Fallon, Tullis Joyce, or Katie Lund, especially considering how good Casey Murphy's been. I want Murphy getting more playing time. In the defense, I think that Tatum Malazzo deserves a call-up. A lot of people have been begging for it. Um, I'm thinking of more people as I go here. Um, I didn't even think of Katie Lund, thinking of it. You know, Kelly Hubley's another one I'm adding to my list. I think that those two have been proven in the NWSL. Kelly Hubley just won a trophy with the Portland Thorns, a young center back who has experience. She's not the youngest anymore, yes, but she's not old. She has experience. You know, she's 20. um, She's in her 20s. You know, she's 28 years old. She has experience. She deserves a call-up. I don't think she's gotten one before, which is what makes me want her to get one even more. Um, and with Tata Malazzo, I think she, I believe that she has gotten youth call-ups, but like, uh, Hubbley, but the same thing is, I don't think that she's gotten the recognition she deserves on the international level. She's 24 years old. She's the one that I think they really should call up, you know. She didn't play for the youth teams, I was wrong about that, but, um, you know, she's the one that I think deserves a call-up. 24 years old, has been playing incredibly for the Red Stars, um, and yeah, I think that she deserves a call-up. In the midfield, I have a few players here that were on the team, but I was very shocked and confused when they got dropped. Savannah DeMello was incredible on set pieces this season in the NWSL, scoring four free kicks that were absurdly incredible. And they saw, last night, for me, 
I saw the lack of set piece takers on the field when they didn't have Megan Rapinoe, so that's why I like Savannah DeMello. Next, Jalen Howell, um, great CDM. Sullivan didn't play badly last night, but I just think that Howell has future, so I don't say I'm not suggesting to drop Sullivan. I'm just saying, you know, with no Ertz, maybe bring another extra CDM, especially considering what do you do if Andy Sullivan gets injured? We saw that play out last year at the Olympics. Haran in the sixth spot does not work out pretty. I'll say that right now. Haran's a great player up the field, not the most defensive-oriented player, so I don't think we should... I think we should let Haran play her strengths and bring in an extra sixth center defensive midfielder for cover. Up top, these were three players that I thought were incredible this season with their club teams, and they deserve more recognition. Mia Official, I mean, what does that girl have to do to get onto the U.S. Women's National Team? At this point, I'm almost sick of it. I mean, I'm mad that she left the NWSL, but I totally get her reasoning. I would have loved to see her play. 21 years old. She is the future. And if she scores, she sc- she for she, in 31 games with Tigres, she has 25 goals. Is Tigres the same quality and Liga MX Femenil? Is that the same quality as the NWSL? No, I don't discount that. But... 25 goals in 31 games, you might want to give that girl a chance because she has so much quality. And even in college, with her three years there, she got 32 goals in 59 games with UCLA, a Pac-12 team. Everyone that knows women's soccer knows that's the best best division um, in women's soccer collegiately. Another player that I think deserves a call-up is 25-year-old Bethany Balser. Another good season with the Reign this year. Um... So I think, yeah, she just deserves goals um, with the team. And I think that, you know, she's played with them. She has got in a few appearances, but I want even more, to be honest, for, from her. I want her to get even more time to play um, when they don't necessarily, you know, get, uh, you know... Um, uh, you know, pure number nine up top. If they do j- happen to drop Patch, I think that Fischl or Balser, I'd be happy with both of them. Last but not least for this segment, Morgan Weaver. Again, won a title recently with the Thorns, 25 years old. Incredible player with a lot of pace. And she can do things. I think that she deserves a call-up. You know, she's had some in the past. And they haven't... Another player who they kind of just dropped with no real reason, in my eyes at least. And so, yeah, that's what I think, personally. So, now I'm going to move on to Sunday. I came into this episode last yesterday thinking, oh, I'm going to predict a U.S. win. But now I'm a little unsure. I think I'm going to predict a 3-3 draw. I think it'll be high scoring. I think that both defenses will be tired. Both teams did not make many defensive subs yesterday. Um, two German players played the full 90. Three U.S. defenders made played the full 90. That just breathes and screams a high scoring second leg, which I'm thrilled with because I want goals when I go. Um, I obviously want the U.S. to win, but I'd also love some goals. So... When I look at the U.S., I'll predict their lineup first. I do think that it's going to be the players that played the full game yesterday. I don't see them starting. And again, this is not, just to clarify, this is not who I think will start. This is who I would like to start. Because I think a lot of people could go online 
and see who they think will start. But I want to give my listeners a pure view of who I believe as the host should be starting. So I'm going to counter, um, like, um, put in rest stuff. I think that, you know, the back line, I think it might be a little rotated with the, you know, struggles that they had. I think you could see... A few changes there. I think you might see May start. I'd hope that Becky Sauer run starts. Um, I would love Casey Murphy to start. I don't see her starting though. But for the purposes of this exercise, I'm gonna keep Murphy in goal. I'm gonna have Fox in the on the left back. This is gonna be a little interesting. Fox at left back. I'm gonna have Gurma and Sauerbrunn in the midfield and Mace at right back. I, I know May struggled against England, but at this rate, you know. I want to just keep on trying new people. That's my opinion. Um, so this is, again, not what I think will be the starting lineup, but I want it to be. The three midfielders, they worked. So I would love to see a formation where Lavelle, though, gets higher up the field. So here's my idea. I think Andy Sullivan should be a pure center defensive midfielder. The U.S. in the past has had one CDM and then two center mids that played like cams. If he, I would like them to go back to that. And I would have Andy Sullivan stay in my CDM role because I wasn't that impressed of Sam Coffey. I went, um, you know, she didn't do bad. She just didn't do much. I would have Lavelle and Haran starting the cam again, but I'd love to get Sanchez more minutes. So, you know, I would be very happy if she came in off the bench. I just think that the midfield is the one part of the team that I've been very thrilled with and don't want to change. Morgan, I, she's my favorite player. I have a jersey of her. But um, she played the full 90 minutes. Don't see her starting. I would like her to start, but I just think for realistic reasons, no need to risk an injury here. I would think that my guess is, is they'd play Trittany Rodman in the starting lineup, and they could do something. I would hope Smith and Rodman on the wings and Ashley Hatch or Alyssa Thompson up top. That's my U.S. starting 11. Now let me move on to the Germans. I think Merle Fromms was brilliant in goal for the Germans. I would keep her in there. Defensively is my biggest concern for them. I don't really think that they have many pure defenders, although yesterday they didn't play players like Linda Dahlman, Hendricks, Svenja Hoot, Caroline Simone. So they have a lot of good defenders and a lot of good players up front. They played a younger team yesterday, which I liked. I liked getting to see Rall get some chances for the first half. But my hope is that Fromms, as a fan that wants to see the most competitive game, I want Fromms in goal. In the center of defense, um, I want Simone or Hendricks there. And I'd have actually, yeah, I'm going to have Hendricks and Dorsten play there, Rao at left back, and then either um, Simone or Kleinhorn at right back in the midfield. I would love to see my girl stay there. That's my opinion. Alongside uh, Lena Oberdov and maybe even Linda Dahlman. And then up top, I'd like to see Hoot, Pop, and Bull or Grant. I don't care with who. But the Germans, you know, I didn't counter the subs as much. I get that. But I just did the best team that I think I would love to see the U.S. get challenged with. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. We are going to be doing a vlog of the atmosphere, a pre-match atmosphere vlog with maybe some goals on video. That's still TBD. That will be on our Instagram, so be sure to check that out. It'll probably air like Monday or Tuesday after the game's done. It depends with the editing. We'll give you an update. But 
Um, I'm really excited to go to the game. I haven't seen the U.S. for a while now, um, since the summer, so it'll be since last summer, so it'll be a nice treat getting to see them in person again, and I hope that everyone enjoys the U.S. WNT game. I hope that everyone has a happy Veterans Day. That's what I'm, the day I'm recording this. And if I don't do another episode until then, I hope everyone has a very happy Thanksgiving. Although I probably will do another one. I just want to say that out there right now. Happy early Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for your support of the podcast. And peace out from your host, LDG.